0: You are listening to The Gift from the Ancestors, your spiritual podcast by Simpiwe Kapavan. Togoza, kamaku. We have crafted Castle Milk Stout to be savored. Simply pour the velvety smooth liquid, then pause to let the creamy head settle. All that's left to do is to sip the rich textured flavors and enjoy the satisfying taste. Castle milk stout there's a journey in every moment and welcome back to the from the ancestors. I have a very special guest today. She's a Sangoma, a priest and a healer based in the United States of America in California. I'm Oh
1: good.
0: It's, it's it's such a wonderful opportunity um to to talk to you and engage with you, you know. It's, it's very interesting to discover you on on, on, on on Instagram that you are a healer based in America
1: of that so, of course know yeah, it's quite strange and interesting but over time it has began to make sense
0: <laughs> so what what made you accept your your calling since you are based in America what made you accept it
1: yeah so for me my journey was I know that a lot of times when people find out they have a calling
0: um,
1: especially a sangoma calling there's a, there's sometimes a lot of fear and resistance but the space that I was at in my life at the time I was very open to it um, I had already begun exploring yoga and meditation and trying to understand spirituality and metaphysics and also uh, a brewing of of anxiety and feelings of disconnect. And I had already in my mind, you know, I didn't know that I would be going into African tradition specifically, Mm -hmm. but I already knew that spirituality was something that was more than just an interest. It was like a passion. It felt like a calling. And, um, I knew that I needed a teacher at some point. I had no idea how I would find it. Mm -hmm. Um, luckily I, I connected with um, a group of, of black women in mm-hmm. a spiritual retreat and was introduced through um, that community to uh, a Sangoma, an African traditional priest in many African traditions. And she was the one that made me aware mm-hmm. that I had an ancestral calling. Mm-hmm. And so by that time, I felt like, even though I was still young, it felt like it had taken forever for this for that clarity to come. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, I didn't even understand everything that she said in the reading completely, but I was just open and ready to respond um to how,
0: how did your your family receive this since you you grew up in America you've never been to South Africa or africa how did your your, your mother your father your siblings receive you uh, you having a calling how did they handle it how did they process it how did they you know
1: Yeah, well, um, it was a challenge, you know, it took them some time, my parents, I I was born in West Africa, and my parents Mm. and and myself came here at a very young age, though, at four years old, so I don't Mm. have a lot of memories of our life in Burkina Faso, Mm. but um, my family is very Catholic, Mm. and uh, at that time, I was in my early 20s, and Mm. there wasn't a lot of Things that they could say or do because I was an adult, but being that I was living in the family home, mm. it was um, a difficulty. And at first, there was this shock around like, what kind of cult have you gotten yourself into? Who is this lady that has taken you away from what we've raised you to be? Mm. And um, <laughs> at first, it was, it was very, even just when I was interested in, in metaphysics, right? It was very difficult conversations around are you Catholic or not? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, and at that time I felt open to many different things. Mm -hmm. So the initial conversations were a little difficult, but luckily, you know, the ancestors really weaved their way into helping them understand, you know, it's like my, my, my father, for example, and and I think African people in general, even if we don't understand African spirituality, we Mm -hmm. love our culture. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm and see and I tried to make that connection with my parents mm-hmm. you know my father knows that his grandfather was you know a healer and my mother began to understand that some of the things that I was doing like you know pouring libation even though in her culture they don't call it that or they don't call it a ritual is something that she was mm-hmm. like oh I get up and do that sometimes in the morning you know I pour water and I call on my ancestors and I ask for things mm-hmm. so they started to be mm-hmm. through their own Cultural understanding, what I was doing, and over time it eased the relationship. Of course, you know we're still learning and growing together, but um, it definitely—the uh, more I accepted myself and tried mm. to ex- explain less, the more things flowed.
0: Mm-hmm. Was that? So, so in where's Burkina Faso? Is it is it near Egypt, Nigeria?
1: Burkina Faso is in West Africa.
0: Mm.
1: It means land of upright people mm-hmm. and it used to be a greater part of the gold coast. So the Ghana oh. um, the whole West Af- that whole West African area used to be one place. Mm. And uh, yeah, that's where I was born. Mm-hmm.
0: So they the as you it's saying they they also like Sangomas there, né?
1: There are traditional healers. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily called Fomas. Mm-hmm. There is a very well um, globally known mm-hmm. healer called Mali Doma mm-hmm. um who is a Dagara healer, and mm-hmm. from that lineage as well. Mm-hmm. I was born into the Mosi group of people, mm-hmm. um, so I had the. You know, I feel like in my, in terms of at least at the surface, from what I can tell in my particular culture and because we know that so many of these traditions were just passed down from family to family, Mm -hmm. there's not as much structure around like the, as a religion, right? It's very cultural. It's very passed down. And of course there's initiations and things, but Mm -hmm. I have, I'm still exploring and learning about that myself.
0: Mm -hmm. So could you shed some light about a bit about your ancestral their history since you moved to America.
1: Hmm. Mm. That's a good question. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, I one of the things about my ancestors and what I've noticed about many of us who are whether on the continent, or, but especially in the diaspora, is that we have many cultures, many lineages, many different types of ancestors within us. As I started to, um, you know, go through my Twaza process and different forms of cleansings and, and the dream started to open up, I found that my ancestry on a spiritual level mm. was also from Kemet, was also from the, the, the Yoruba and Nigeria traditions, was mm. also, you know, the Zulu and the Kosa, Yes, as well as the Mosi, and I feel so mixed up spiritually, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but Ukutwaza was the process that laid the foundation for mm-hmm. me. It broke me open because I I feel like I was very shut down and closed. I didn't know anything about myself spiritually, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until the dreams coming back and seeing the ancestors and and them, you know retelling the stories um I think that because these and some of these ancestors are further down in my family tree for example mm-hmm. it's and and for us and a lot of us in the diaspora where I'm still putting the pieces together of how we are all connected and who they are to me because it's different for For me and us on this side, for an ancestor, for example, Zulu to come and you don't recognize them, you know, from a family picture, Mm. or they start speaking a language that you didn't grow up learning. (laughs) Yes. So for us and for me, I'm 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 so grateful that Mm. I had the opportunity to know, and the pieces are definitely coming together. Mm. It's and the last thing that I'll say is just that it took a while for me to really believe and feel that. Um, I was the sangoma, mm-hmm. right? I I was showing different signs and, and symbols and symptoms, and it took a while for me to like understand like the South African cultures, mm-hmm. so that when the ancestors came and they burp and they do different things, I could associate and understand. Oh, which region this is making sense from? So, I um, definitely yeah. I hope that answers the question.
0: Mm-hmm. So how did you, your community receive you as a traditional healer? Because we have a lot of... You You guys have a lot of gifted people. There. You have shy men, uh, terracotta readers, crystal readers, voodoo priests, mm-hmm. hoodoo priests. I don't know. The list goes on. So how did your community receive you?
1: Yeah, so I graduated and completed my process about five years ago
0: Mm
1: -hmm. and a little over five years ago and at that time where I was at home on the east coast I didn't feel very welcomed Mm -hmm. you know I felt like the strange odd ball in the circle and in, in that side I wasn't really immersed in, in different spiritual communities it was just my family my immediate friends you know and none of those people were like spiritual or crystal this or yoga that and so i felt very and i immediately I, what was that? I immediately um sought to Immerse myself in different environments. I went and traveled to South America, um, Central America, for some time, and eventually moved here to California. And I would say that you know, in general at first, especially with other um, Black and Brown people, so many of them at the time like were super Christian. Um, you know, on social media, especially, I didn't see that many people talking about ancestors, mm. so I really walked my way through slowly. I would talk about ancestors and African spirituality from an energy perspective. I would talk about what inspired me, what I, I, I was discovering, and I slowly started to find that if I could speak, you know, their language, you know, to express who we are, that I could be a bridge,
0: mm.
1: and one of the, the other side of it is that because new new age forms of spirituality and of course this concept of shamanism is becoming very popular Mm. sometimes there is a a greater excitement about an African traditional healer or Mm. an indigenous healer and so I feel very embraced but also I see how that can sometimes honestly be toxic right Mm. Um, so it's navigating many different layers of being um, feeling a little bit super different from all the other spiritualists because you have different, you know, sounds and, and mm. ways of doing things. But most of the time, people being very receptive and open um, to dig deeper.
0: Mm. Uh, you know, uh, I've seen a lot of, um, I don't know how to classify them, or, you know, I don't want to be racist or anything. I've seen a lot of white traditional healers who are who, who who come to south africa maybe mozambique and and how do how do you feel about how do you feel about that i'm also gonna you know fafa a few points and some uh, of that
1: yeah. yeah, yes so my i have a lot an, uh, an array of feelings around that and it's not one-sided mm-hmm. um i feel like the first point is you know i don't it's hard for me to have a specific opinion because Mm -hmm. I'm in America. You know, and I feel like the conversation should be driven by the healers in South Africa, in (laughs) Mozambique, in West Africa, Mm -hmm. because they are the ones who these white people or different culture arrived to. They're the ones that did the divination. They're the ones that saw their spirits come up and said, Oh, this you must initiate and do that. So I can't for me I can't speak on what I didn't see and didn't divine on. (laughs) You But you know just pre- prefacing that that I understand that it's really important mm-hmm. to see and know. Mm-hmm. but I, I feel like it's challenging because of the climate <clears throat> excuse me because of the climate, because of the history, because of the continued um, oppression and and lack of ability to uh, for, for freedom and growth as, as Africans and, and people of color, that it's hard to see, you know, a, a, a white person, for example, go and do this thing so easily. Mm. You know, they have access to more resources. They can travel and spend time nice. with this great healer and then write the books and then mm. sell it. And it's it's like the commercialization, the colonial um aspects that have trickled down make it difficult to just see that and be like yay okay welcome to the family (laughs) you know (laughs) and so, because of that I feel like these things have to be addressed in order for it to be whole and complete Mm. and grounded in the earth and I you know no matter what I feel about um, race or racism or whatever we do understand that you know the motherland is everyone's mother. Mm. And I do see and feel, like when we talk about decolonization or you know breaking down the systems that have been created, I feel like that, that means that we're all returning to our indigenousness, right? Mm. We're returning to our original lands, even before white people became the colonials, they were something, and they belonged to a land, and they belonged to those traditions. And even the traditions of those lands went back to Africa. And if we know that we are, the, if, 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 if the black woman is the mother of the earth, right? Mm. Um, how can we deny those ancestors to white people? Mm. This is my question. It's mm. just my question. Um, I know that we shouldn't do it blindly. Mm. I know that we have to listen to what the ancestors are saying. Mm. I know that we can't let money and finances or the growing of uh, an Ndumbo or a temple or a shrine house be why we do our sacred work.
0: Mm. So goes on' that? Uh, Nam Wenakoko. I also do get mixed emotions because I watch a lot of documentaries. I do a lot of research. And what I saw is, to be honest, some come here to do some research, like you said. They write books and learn. And then they go there. They go back home to the States, to Europe, whatever. And then... They educate, they have workshops And it, it's kind of I don't like it personally I, I've seen a few Who come here and learn and then Go back and teach Their fellow colleagues On what they learned about mm. us And I, I really yeah. don't I, But uh, as you said, we don't know What happened during the consultation room you know, But yes. personally I, It doesn't sit well With me, but uh, it's life Life is life
1: I think that the part that doesn't sit well is the appropriation of it, Mm. because the the negative side or the shadow side of appropriation is when you take something and you don't honor where it came from. Mm. Because I'm sure it would sit better with a lot of our spirits if when a a white person comes and studies and then goes back and teaches lectures, um, they're also inviting African healers into America, into that lecture to speak Mm -hmm. where they're also giving back, yes, Mm -hmm. to the Ndumbas and the shrines that, you know, allow them this wisdom, they're Mm -hmm. giving thanks to those ancestors all the time, but no, what happens is, they, for a lot of times, they go back, they learn something, Mm -hmm. and then they rename it sometimes, Mm -hmm. or they, they make themselves the expert of it, (laughs) um, (laughs)
0: etc.
1: Etc. I feel like our Indigenous, knowledge systems highlight that we can do everything in balance, mm. right? If, it, if, if we do this, let's do it in a balanced way um, and everyone will feel better and mm-hmm. we can come together with more ease.
0: Mm. Yo, can I ask, is there a difference between Sage and Mbe'e <laughs> <No. laughs>
1: I'm so glad you asked this question. <laughs> um,
0: Th- of course there it is. Mm. I... I, I understand
1: the, the, the reasoning behind saying that sage and pepper are the same thing, but I'm just so disappointed when I'm like asking for a pepper and they're like, why don't you just buy sage? <laughs> um, they're different. They're, they're mm-hmm. two different plants, they have two different energies. Yes, their use um, is, is kind of similar, mm-hmm. but and sage, and I, I'm only speaking from my experience, mm-hmm. but I'm not a medicine woman of Native American background who can really speak on this but sage is um you know a lot, mm-hmm. used a lot for purification mm-hmm. um and i feel like in pebble we talk so much about how in Pepo is to literally communicate and speak to the ancestors and many incenses and herbs do that right but i feel like mm-hmm, there is something about that in pebble ability to communicate with the ancestors and to mm-hmm. ease the an- right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that calmness is makes it very different and because we have that in our dna Mm -hmm. like i because i have africa in my dna everything that i do that is african my spirit responds more to you Mm -hmm. know of course i connect to the the medicines of this land because i grew up in it Mm -hmm. you know and i've been my feet have been walking on it for a long Mm -hmm. time Mm. And I've interacted with my, you know, within my body, my ancestors have interacted with ancestors of this land. Mm. So, um, it's not a either or, but a both and 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 acknowledging Mm. because each culture and each land also has like a specialty that I I really appreciate. Mm.
0: Uh, I I noticed something as, as, as traditional healers, we, we leave food and Samo for our ancestors. And I can relate to other cultures, like I don't to name a few. want to name one, like the Mexican culture, they they call it the Day of the Dead, or you know, where they 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 take food and leave it at the graveyards. They decorate. Is do you think there's a, a link between all of us as spiritual beings? Because
1: yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, I think that one of the most beautiful parts of my journey is that I've had the opportunity to sit with different types of elders and different types of spiritual cultures Mm -hmm. um, from the Native Americans to um, the Colombian cultures, the Ecuadorian cultures, you know, um, you know, pagan and Celtic cultures, Mm -hmm. um, various African cultures, the Yoruba, the Kemetic, the Akan of Ghana um, and Everywhere that I went, even my study of yoga, everywhere Mm. that I went, I found something that was similar to the other things. Mm. You know, I found (laughs) palaza in ancient yogic um, rituals for cleansing.
0: Mm. You
1: know, I I see when 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 certain um, even um, South American healers go into a trance. Mm. I'm like they, some of them, all of them, but some of them, I'm like. They look like they're channeling Elozi from South Africa. Ooh. Yes, um, um, it's just it's so freaking beautiful how similar and how connected all of our cultures are, and the variations are really just about location and lands because the spirit of the water in Ghana and the spirit of the water in um, Peru, you know, just have different qualities because the air is different and there's slightly different animals and all of that but very Mm. very Mm similar
0: can you tell me what's the difference between a a shaman and a traditional healer
1: yeah um from what i know the term shaman um was given by uh european anthropologists who were spending time in like eastern europe Mm. with traditional um healers i think like mongolian and siberian um, countries and so they like um, coined the term shaman to describe the healers that they were working with there Mm -hmm. and then the colonial western world started to formulate this concept called shamanism from them traveling and getting to know other cultures they started to structure it in a way like, oh man, you know, these healers, whenever they play the drum, they go into a state and they can see their animal totems and they can see that mm. let's, let's, let's imp- that's really powerful. Let's implement that. I'm just making up a, my own version of the story, mm. <laughs> but let's implement that. Let's use this drum beat that resonates with the con- our consciousness and the heart and opens it up and let's travel and call it shamanic drum journey, mm. you know? And so they they repackaged and restructured based on what they understood about what they were perceiving from other healers. Mm. And now they've created new age traditional healing because everything that they're doing is another version of what traditional healers are doing. And it's a mixture of practices from various cultures, mostly Native American Mm. um, cultures, but different cultures nonetheless mm. and and they started to just look at the science behind it mm. and and explain it in, in Different ways. So to me the shaman is the diviner is the traditional healer is the the energy worker is Anyone who tunes into spirit and can bring back messages of healing mm. and balance
0: So I, you spoke about yoga I've heard from my friend she she's in i think in paris or you know she told me that with yoga there's different types of yogas where but she told me there's this yoga man where you meditate and you go into a trance and that's where you get messages and <laughs> i'd love to know about it you know it's very interesting
1: uh, a spell of yoga where you meditate and go into a trance mm. I'm not, I can't. I'm not sure specifically what she was referring to. Mm. Um, meditation, of course, can take you into a trance state, oh, especially yeah. when you're doing certain breathing exercises. Mm. Um, so, I, I'm sorry, can you ask the question again? I lost my train of thought. Yeah,
0: no, understand? Like, is is it possible to when you meditate, mm-hmm. you go into a trance? Oh.
1: I feel like, based on what I've studied about yoga, Mm -hmm. because of some of the foundational philosophies of that tradition, Mm -hmm. many styles of meditation aren't about going into a trance. They're Mm -hmm. about slowing everything down. Mm -hmm. Because I I went and practiced Vipassana meditation. It's like a 10-day retreat silent retreat and you breathe and you notice sensations in your body for example but the whole point is to clear karma so if a thought to your comes to your mind you let it go right Mm. and so if a vision of a snake or an ancestor comes to your mind you're supposed to let it go Mm. this so i'm not saying that that's literally what they teach but Mm. when i look at some of the yogic meditations and and philosophies it's like don't take those things too seriously. Even some Buddhists um, talk about it's just like a karma. It's just karma. You know, mm. yeah, that's your father, you know, from, you know, or your great-grandfather from this lineage, but the issues that that ancestor need to elevate and clear so that you can just be consciousness mm. and nothing else. And I feel like it, it takes you directly to source,
0: mm.
1: but you can't, as you're going to source, those ancestors can come through, mm-hmm. and if you're someone that's open to meditating and allowing that thing to come up for you mm-hmm. and experience it, mm-hmm. then yes, it can take you to a trance. Mm-hmm. But I, I, don't know if that's the purpose to go
0: there. To go there, okay. Yeah, I, I made a kind of made a mistake. I meant to say visions. Okay. Eh, no, sometimes. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um.
1: When I did do that, that 10 day um, meditation retreat, mm. my visions were clearer than anything. It, every time I slept, every time I closed my eyes, even when I was sitting meditation, it definitely strengthens your third eye, right? Mm. Um, because you're gazing through it all the time. You're strengthening that muscle. You're opening up your imagination, your beginning to believe that you can see something so i i believe that meditation definitely enhances our ability to receive visions more easily and even make the visions that we have in a trance or in a dream more vivid and more clear mm. so so,
0: hey, there's this interesting culture there or tribe i think they they do chance yeah 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 i don't know is it west india Africa. i don't know uh can you just refresh me there they, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. pardon, Coco?
1: Is it the sadhus?
0: They wear, like, feathers mm-hmm. on their heads. Uh, I don't know, what do you call them? Oh,
1: not in India. You mean here on this side? Yeah, here, here, you know,
0: that side. Head? Yeah, in America.
1: Yeah, the
0: Native American oh, cultures. Oh, na- yeah, yeah, are, thank you.
1: And even um South American
0: Mm. yeah I i I saw in a movie man they they very they use bones to divine uh they have these what do you call see these are it's called like don't houses beehives or you know it, it, it's very interesting and they are very rooted yeah oh, they're very rooted and, and I think the animal totems tauten, are a bear and a wolf I don't know what the list goes on but I was like hey boo these people use bows to divine like us. It's 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 so interesting how we are all connected. Yes, mm-hmm.
1: yes, for sure they are beautiful. Mm. <laughs> I love them, and it makes sense because we a lot of our you know when we think about you know the middle passage and how African people have left the continent for various reasons, mm. um, our cultures. Expanded, but stayed alive. Mm. As um, you know we traveled to different lands mm. and had different experiences. Mm. So it, it makes sense to me. Mm. And then even even though this is like way way back in time, but even just the idea that the possibility of all the continents once being like one, um, and then breaking apart, it's just like mm. of course, <laughs> you know. And um, one of the beautiful things I loved about being in Costa Rica and in south america is that there are artifacts from africa that show up on the shores wow. over there
0: they do so like you know mm. that they float you know, that like they pump. float in mm.
1: yeah there's this seed um i forget what it's called but it's a seed it's a big brown seed that we, we use for dreams mm. sometimes um and different things in West Africa and South Africa, and it's like a good luck charm mm-hmm. as well. It shows up on the shores on in Central and South America. Mm-hmm. So you you go there and you see things from Africa as well that they're using and making art out of, and mm-hmm. you know having spiritual experiences with.
0: Wow! I gotta get myself to the states. Eh? I'm sure <laughs> that I'm gonna learn a lot because. You know, hey, there's there's a lot of different types of healers there. There's there's also I think the people who wear masks and but I know it from Congo, Nigeria. I don't know what it's called where they wear masks and channel their ancestors. I, I've seen it in documentaries, but the people who are gifted in that way in the states, I'd really love to go because it sounds like they are different seers healers who who are gifted in that side.
1: Yeah, I mean, I um, it's funny because I talk to people from here and I talk to people from Africa and, and all kinds of people, so either people are talking about really wanting to come here or really wanting to go to Africa. <laughs> um, but I, I really feel like, like even um, just, just as healers, mm-hmm. travel has been a big part of my evolution, my growth, my understanding of things. Um, mm-hmm. It's why I I've, have been able to have an open mind, Um especially being, you know, being that San Ugungoma isn't uh, as well-known over here. Mm. I have found home and retreat in visiting other, and spending time with other cultures and in other indigenous traditions. And I feel like we have so much to learn about each other. Mm. And I feel like there are dreams that I, I know that people in Africa are dreaming dreams on behalf of people on this side. And people on this side are dreaming dreams on behalf of people on that side. Just mm. yes. I know that our ancestors are communicating to each other, and we're meant to come
0: together. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm so sure I've watched this other series. It's called The Originals. I'm sure you know uh, what? It, yeah, it's The Originals, Vampire mm. Diaries. I, I've I've seen there's this these people who do spells. There's books on spells. They make stars on the what what is that called voodoo? You know those, I don't know what you call them and it's called witchcraft and I don't know what you, I can define it, but it's, they have spell books and is that really, really true what we see in in, in these series and stuff?
1: Um, What you see in the series is a very, very heightened, <laughs> very imaginative version oh. of very true things, you know. Mm. um, It's extreme though. Mm. It's like, it's not that literal, literal, but yes, you know the pagan, witchy, Celtic, Druid um, mm. culture are you know m- most of which stem from you know the the European mm. indigenous traditions. Um, the the use of spells and yeah. you know um, uh, herbs and crystals and and all of that is is very real, and there are many who practice that. And um, even in because, for example, for a lot of African Americans whose ancestors came here and had to repress their spirituality, but mm. find creative ways to express it, yes, um, there's been um, an extension of our African traditions that have come in the form of hoodoo mm. and conjure and root work, which is culturally specific to people on. to African-Americans on this side. Mm. And so the things that their ancestors were still inspiring them to do and the herbs and the rituals and spells and because they also had a lot of, you know, with the injustices that they experienced here, Mm. they also had to use magic to overcome, Mm. to play the drum, to fight, this to dance, to put things, you know, herbs in people's socks for protection, you know, Mm. against the crazy (laughs) of historical things that have happened to these people. So, um, sometimes, you know, the, 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 I guess the witchcraft and, and, and these types of spells and works seem so like, um, defensive and like demons and this Mm -hmm. and that, but at least from a, a, an African American perspective, it's important to understand that it's coming from a space of they had to protect themselves, learn how to protect Mm -hmm. themselves as well
0: Mm -hmm.
1: in different ways. Mm -hmm.
0: So, so I heard you mentioning the word hoodoo, what's the difference between hoodoo and voodoo ok um, I'm going to try my best to honor this, this, this yeah. answer mm. um, you
1: know, voodoo is specific to West Africa well most not only West Africa but it's well known from Benin and um, mm. as it traveled. To other spaces like haiti i believe mm. it was called voodoo
0: mm-hmm.
1: um so voodoo is an extension of voodoo mm. and those types of practices and how it evolved in um the diaspora um who i believe is the specifically it's it's it's, it's in relationship to voodoo but it's, it speaks to those african-american or diasporic rituals that evolved from the experiences of people of color on this side mm. so it's like um you know in in south africa you have you know sangomas and you have the prophets and you have like the easy tune you know, and Zunza and, and all of these different categories of spirits and ways of working with similar energies. Mm. Um, so I would just say it's an um, all of all of these are
0: are branches of a tree mm. that are in African spirituality. Does mm. mm. this countries like that you mentioned when benin is it Benin? Eh? Is it in Nigeria?
1: It's ne- no, it's not in Nigeria. Benin is a, a country next to
0: it's around there because yeah. I because I was watching documentaries there's ifa priest, so they said Uti, voodoo and hoodoo originates there uh, you know and, and it's very fascinating like gay they, people they, they, they're very rooted people from those countries you know, they, you know, I watch a lot of documentaries it's very interesting <laughs> it fell from your questions mm. it's beautiful your
1: curiosity is mm. is beautiful yeah. And there's so much, there's so much to learn, um, oh. about our ancestors did the same thing in different oh.
0: places. Uh, thank you very much, Coco. Uh, I hope our listeners has have learned a lot hey, for this wonderful opportunity. Thank you for the opportunity.
1: Um, Thank you for listening. Thank you for inviting me. And I look forward to connecting again soon. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Google.